We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You're listening to the Bear Report Podcast with Zach Pearson and Aaron Lemming, providing extensive coverage of the Chicago Bears for the Bear Report website. The podcast is powered by Overtime Media. Now, here's Zach and Aaron. Welcome in, Bears fans, to another edition of the Bear Report Podcast. Super Bowl 55 is in the books. Tom Brady wins another ring. He beats Patrick Holmes and the Kansas City Chiefs in what was a pretty boring game. But now the attention turns over to the NFL offseason where all the fun begins. I'm one of your hosts of this podcast, Zach Pearson. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Aaron Lumming. Aaron, it's been about two weeks since we've talked last but finally, now the off season is going to get rolling here within the next month. Uh, it'll look a little different than years past, but it, it's just it's coming, man. Well, let the games begin, man. I mean, the off season's upon us. I mean, I, I think we probably all feel pretty close to the same way. It's kind of like you you get those last few stretches uh, with the playoffs, and it's just like, all right, let's just let's just get it over with so we can get to the off season. And I mean, <clears throat> kind of like you pointed out, that was not. Super Bowl was not a good game. Honestly, I was I didn't know who was going to win, but I was very surprised that Tampa Bay came out and dominated like that. And it's just kind of funny to think. I mean, obviously, different circumstances way earlier in the year, but the Bears somehow beat Tampa Bay. I, I still that's just crazy to me. I I don't know. It's just it, again, it kind of caps off a really weird sports year in general, but especially for the NFL. Yeah, and they did so, you know, with Nick Foles. It was it was very odd. And now we have a full off season um, ahead of us. And we're going to talk all about that today in our podcast, talk the latest about the bears and the quarterback situation. Uh, some rumors buzzing here over the past week regarding the bears and a couple of quarterbacks. And there was a couple of, there was a report that Derek Carr might be available. Obviously Deshaun Watson's the big prize, uh, but the latest name was Carson Wentz. So we're going to dig into that. We're going to also have Brandon Robinson who does a podcast for Winnie city gridiron on the show um he kind of first broke that news friday morning uh maybe it was late thursday night early friday morning about Wentz. so we're gonna check in with him and kind of see where things stand and give our perspective on what's going on and before we get into all that though um you know Aaron and i kind of decided before the show we we, we want to touch on this as um an, another nfl beat reporter has, has sadly passed away um, Therese Paler, who, who's done work all over the country. He's worked in Kansas City. Um, he, he's, he's worked in, uh, with Yahoo Sports. 
sadly passed away right before recording this here on Tuesday. And this comes just a couple of days before Pedro Gomez, the ESPN, longtime ESPN reporter, um, passed away on Sunday. Um, another NFL reporter, Chris Wrestling, passed away last week. And then, you know, Vaughn McClure passed away in late 2020. Aaron, it's just, it's, it's, it's sad and it's just crazy. It's just, you know, 2021 is not off to a good start here. It is not, man. And, you know, it's, it's one of those things that obviously with, with COVID happening and, and, and still going on, I mean, we've seen as a country and as, as a, as a world, really, I mean, we've seen a lot of death and, it's just very unfortunate to see, you know, Vaughn McClure had such a, uh, such a big impact on a lot of people. Um, Chris Wessling was the same way. I mean, he's got, you know, he's got a kid that's, that's less than two years old and, you know, he'd, he'd battle cancer. And then, you know, obviously with Pedro Gomez, I don't think there's been anything come out there, but I mean, if anybody's watched sports center, um, you know, or anything, anything to do with ESPN over the last 15, 20 years. I mean, he's been a big name. And then obviously Therese Paler as well. I mean, a great guy that has mentored a lot of people and was very, very well liked around the NFL. And it's just, it's, it's very sad. And then, you know, uh, as of this morning, or maybe it was late last night, I can't remember what it was, uh, JJ Stankovitz, that was formerly with um, NBC Sports Chicago, um, put out a podcast, uh, with John Moon Mullen, who's been a, you know, a long time Bears writer, um, has covered the team over many decades. I mean, you know, whether it was sitting in Ditka's office, uh, whether it was going through the Duran era, whether it was going through Levy Smith, you know, all the craziness with Mark Tressman, uh, John Moon Mullen has been all over it. I mean, he is one of, in my opinion, sports royalty, especially when you're talking about Chicago Bears beat. Um, and it was, you know, he basically came on and was talking about the fact that he has pancreatic cancer. And, um, you know, he's been dealing with that for 12, you know, 14 or 15 months. And as many of you know, you know, if you've read anything over the Bear Report over the last, you know, six, seven years, um, you know, podcast stuff like that. I mean, Jeremy was good friends with him. Uh, he actually, Moon, allowed me to stay with him. He'd never even met me. I mean, the first year that I went out to camp, I mean, for those of you know that I lived in California and it was kind of a trek going out there and I mean, no questions asked, let me stay with him. Uh, he has been an amazing, amazing person for me to just, you know, get random phone calls from just text back and forth. I mean, he's just a great guy. I mean, I think anybody who's dealt with moon, uh, knows just how good of a guy he is. And, and, you know, it's just a very sad thing. And obviously we're praying for a speedy recovery, uh, you know, all, all the positive thoughts. It's just a very, very sad thing to see, you know, whether it's moon, whether it's, uh, you know, it just everybody who's passed away as of late, it just, it's tough. Like I said, I mean, especially with COVID and, and all the deaths that have happened because of that, and all the people have been getting sick and, and the different things that have gone on, like you said, 2021 is just not off to a good start, but it's been in these last three days, it just seems like the hits keep coming and it's a, it's a very unfortunate thing. Yeah. And I, you know, I echo those same thoughts. Moon was when I first was able to get, have a press pass in the press box, you know, I got to sit next to him when there was um, a spot where it was like two seats and then like a little aisle. And he was just the nicest guy to me that whole season when I was sitting next to him. Um, my seats moved since, but you know, he, was, he just answered every question. Um, anytime I had something about, you know, did you see this? Did you catch this? And, and kind of being new on the beat, it was like nice, you know, to have someone like that kind of help. And I mean, a lot of people on the beat are very nice and help you out, but to be able to sit next to a guy who's covered the league for that long, 
I mean, it, he's he is an encyclopedia of like football and Bears knowledge, and it's incredible. He also has probably the greatest hat collection that is like non NFL teams, but like he'll always wear like a uh, like a Fox NFL Sunday hat that he got like in the '90s, or a Super Bowl hat he got in the '90s, and it's just like every every day at training camp, it'd be like a different hat, and it. He, He's just such the nicest guy, and you know I, I hope he gets through this. And in that interview um, by JJ is on the House of L podcast, which is usually hosted by Lawrence Holmes of Six Seventy The Score, and it's it's very I, I I recommend you listen to it because it's a very interesting and unique perspective on what's going on right now in his life. And you know we all hope well for for Moon, and, and you know I'm pretty sure I can speak here for Aaron that him and I offer our condolences for those. Who have passed away recently due to um you know whatever's going on and especially those sports writers so yeah everyone man stay safe and, and take care of yourselves out there get checked stay healthy that's the most important thing right now in everyone's life amen man i mean I, I think the big thing over the last year plus has just been don't take life for granted you know it's it's tough because you know it, you just you don't know when could be your last day when could be the last day of somebody that you love that you spend a lot of time with that you think a lot about that's a big part of your life and i think that sometimes it's very easy uh, you know i was just talking to my dad about this the other day it's very easy to take things for granted and it's very easy to allow a lot of time to pass and and to just kind of get in the lull of life i mean that's just i mean and i'm very guilty of that myself you know where it's like you know, I moved from California, it'd be a year, year this weekend that I left and it doesn't feel like it, but it, it's amazing when you start thinking about all the people that you haven't seen in a while, the people you haven't maybe talked to in a while it was the same thing with moon. I mean, moon and I, I, I consider us good friends. Uh, you know, I, like I said, I mean, he's been an awesome person to me and, you know, at first I, you know, I, I saw the podcast and I started listening and the, the first thought out of my mind was, why didn't he tell me? I just talked to him. Why didn't he tell me? And I start looking through texts and call logs and it's like, I haven't talked to him in over a year. And it's just one of those things, again, where, you know, you, you hold your loved ones close and you value life. And obviously, you know, we're going to, we're going to talk some football, but I think it's also one of those things where there's just been a lot of, a lot of death and a lot of sadness going on over the last year. And we haven't really touched a lot on it, but I, I felt like it was, you know, I think we both felt it was important to kind of, you know, honor, honor those who've passed away and just to, you know, again, just kind of change the perspective a little bit, not to take things for granted. And like I said, value life and, and value those around you. And, you know, if you haven't reached out to somebody in a while, reach out to them, you know, if there's that one or two people. And like I said, it happens to me all the time with friends. I mean, it's just sometimes you get, you get stuck in the lull of life and you think it's been a few days or a week or a month. And it turns out it's been multiple months or, or even years. So, you know, it's just kind of one of those things I felt like it was, it was a good idea and a, and a good thing just to kind of touch on and honor those. Because I mean, man, it's, it's one thing for us to sit here and talk and, and be sad, you know, for those people that maybe we didn't know that well, or maybe we had interactions with, but, you know, just thinking about their families and the, the people who are closest to them and, and what they've lost. And it's just, man, it's, it's, it's a tough thing. Yeah, you're right. I, I mean, I'm guilty of it too. I, I, you know, I grew up in Rockford, which is about 60 miles west of where I'm living now. And, you know, every time I go back, I try to see as many people as I can, but I always try to keep in touch with my friends and obviously my family. And, you know, I'm guilty of, of sometimes forgetting and, and not checking in and talking uh, to my friends as much as I should. Some of them actually listen to this podcast, so they'll, they'll probably be appreciative that 
uh, I at least acknowledge that. But yeah, I mean, I just echo those thoughts. And especially now, especially with we're still going with this COVID pandemic and, and all the lives have been lost. Check in on people, take care of yourself and stay safe. We're going to get into some football talk. Um, before we do that, though, let's hit our first break of the show. The Old West is an iconic period of American history. I'm Chris Wimmer. Join me on the Legends of the Old West podcast to hear the true stories of lawmen like Wyatt Earp, Bass Reeves, and the Texas Rangers, outlaws like Jesse James and Butch and Sundance, and Native American battles of the Lakota, Comanche, and Apache. We use cinematic storytelling and sound design to bring these stories and many more to life. Subscribe for free on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening now. And welcome back in here to the Bear Report Podcast. So, you know, Aaron, the last time we talked, there was some quarterback rumors swirling, and they mainly centered around Deshaun Watson as, you know, he was unhappy with his situation in Houston, unhappy that he didn't have a say in the coaching hire. Since then, though, nothing's really progressed in the Watson uh, department. The, the Rams did land Matthew Stafford and sent Jared Goff to Detroit. That was kind of the first domino to fall in this quarterback market, which I, I think you would agree with me is going to be a very, very interesting, intriguing one this offseason because I think there's going to be at least 10 to 12 teams that could be in the market for a brand new quarterback and maybe more that make a move, whether it's free agency, trade, or draft to land a quarterback quarterback it's gonna be like the wild wild west here um these next couple of months in terms of the care of the quarterback carousel and the bears are going to be heavily involved as well if you listen to that press conference with ryan pace matt Nagy, ted um, phillips george mccaskey you'll notice a lot of collaboration talk obviously but they also said you know they're going to explore every avenue to get a quarterback well a couple of days ago uh, you know a rumor was out and a report from Brandon Robinson that the bears and Colts were the two teams kind of bidding for Carson Wentz. And since then, you know, nothing's really progressed in terms of a deal just yet. Um, We'll have Brandon on to kind of talk and and break down the latest, but for me, I find it very intriguing that the bears would kind of take on Wentz and his big contract as kind of a, you know, a project quarterback still. He had, you know, that those couple big years in Philadelphia. Last season, he was really bad. And in the year before, he wasn't very good. And, you know, you can blame the offensive line. I, I believe they had like the highest amount of offensive line combinations in the entire NFL starting-wise last season. And the, the wide receivers in Philadelphia have just notoriously been bad for years now. They selected Jalen Rager over Justin Jefferson. He couldn't stay healthy. So it's not really all of Wentz's fault, but I mean, maybe kind of talking up the ledge here in terms of Wentz not being a project. Am I wrong on that? I just feel like he's kind of a project if you take him on at this point. Well, I mean, he's definitely a type of project. I mean, that's for sure. I mean, and that's, that's kind of the, it's, it's crazy how much one year can change everything. I mean, we, we always talk about the NFL being a year to year league, right? And it's crazy because I mean, if this was last year, if we're talking last year and we're talking about, you know, the bears potentially landing a guy like Carson Wentz, I think 99% of the fan base is like, wow, how, you know, this is great. How, how, you know, how can they pull this off? I mean, we're talking you know, two or three first round picks and everybody's probably okay with that, you know, but obviously, I mean, not to understate it, but I mean, Carson Wentz was terrible this year. And I mean, he was one of the worst starting quarterbacks in the league, but again, 
there was a lot, a lot of craziness going on with COVID, with injuries. Um, the Eagles lacked a lot of depth. There was clearly some internal issues. I mean, they fired their head coach and Doug Peterson, who won them a Super Bowl a few years ago. And this is the first year that they hadn't made the playoffs since, and I could be wrong on this, but I'm pretty sure there's a first year that they made the play. They hadn't made the playoffs since Doug Peterson took over. I mean, it's just, it's, it's insane to see how much fell apart around them. The same thing with the guy like Zach Ertz, where he'd been a really good tight end and just kind of falling off the cliff. There was a lot, a lot, a lot of bad in, in Philly, but here, we stand where we're looking at a situation where the Eagles are clearly looking to get out of that deal. They're clearly looking to basically eat as minimal as dead money as possible, move on, whether that's Jalen hurts, whether that's, you know, they, they take a first round pick or whatever they get from whatever team ends up trading him, you know, trading for him and, you know, and then turning that into another quarterback. I don't know, but it's, Man, it's just it's an interesting situation because, like I said, if this is 2019 going into 2020, I think everybody's on board. But I think there's a lot of questions right now because of how badly mentally he is off right now and how badly his mechanics have fallen apart, especially over the last two years. I know a lot of people are going to cite 2017 and say he's probably the unquestioned MVP of the league if he hadn't gone down with the injury of the year that they won the Super Bowl. And I think, you know, obviously I think that's a really good argument, but at the same time, then you look at 2018, 2019, he didn't play on that level, but he still played at a pretty good, you know, pretty high level. Durability has been a little bit of a concern, but again, here's the thing. You look at this situation with the quarterbacks and look at all the different teams. I mean, you pointed this out. There's a ton of teams looking for quarterbacks right now. I mean, there's really, if you look at it, there's probably what, 10, 12, maybe 15 teams that you can make an argument for are not going to be looking for a quarterback, whether that's a draft, free agency, whatever it is that are set at quarterback, at least going into the 2021 season. That leaves a lot of teams potentially looking at quarterbacks. I mean, you got teams like Indianapolis that's looking for a quarterback because uh, Philip Rivers retired. You got a, a team in San Francisco who may be looking for a quarterback. Uh, you know, the Texans all of a sudden, I mean, they're going to be probably looking for a quarterback because they're probably going to end up having to deal with Deshaun Watson. There's a lot of teams and there's a lot, obviously the Texans aren't in this, but there's a lot of good teams that are going to be looking for quarterbacks and, you know, you look at the draft and I think you can objectively say that there's probably going to be four quarterbacks that are going to go within that top 10, top 12. And then Mac Jones is probably going to get drafted higher than he should. Then you got Trask, Newman. There's, you know, multiple other names that you can kind of make an argument for at the, you know, the, I'd say probably the, the, you know, the, the last of the first or the second round, I, I hope Trask isn't taking the first round, just, just my personal piece there. But, but then you start looking at the different things that are going on, uh, and it's just one of those situations where, you know, I, I don't know. I, I, I just, I, I look at the bears and I look at what they can acquire. I don't think Deshaun Watson's that, that realistic at this point, because one, I think this is going to drag out for a while. And I think two, the other, the other thing to kind of keep in mind is, you know, you've got a situation where the bears aren't going to have the, the most attractive trade package out there. So then all of a sudden you say, okay, like you pointed out, maybe Derek Carr, there's rumors going around right now that Oakland wants at least two first round picks for Derek Carr. Is he worth that? I mean, we kind of know what quarterback he is already. Um, then you look at obviously Carson Wentz, you look at some of these other options, you know, Gardner Minshew, maybe, I don't know how much sense that makes. And then you look at the draft and you say, okay, the bears are picking at 20. How realistic is it is that they can get one of those top four quarterbacks. And let's say that that fourth quarterback is Trey Lance. 
I think a lot of people would agree with this assessment. Trey Lance is basically a one-year starter. And don't get me wrong, he's got a high ceiling. Uh, I know some people kind of compared him to Jordan Love, and I don't I don't think that's very fair. I think he is more seasoned than that, and I think he has a higher ceiling than that. But there's still a lot of development that needs to happen. And he's not the kind of guy, at least assuming that the Bears are going into this season in a must-win type of situation with Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy. Uh, I think right now you're kind of looking at a situation where – you know, the, the Bears have to they have to add a quarterback that can win. And there's not a lot of clear options out there, which is why a guy like Carson Wentz, while there is a ton of risk and while, I mean, it's true that they're probably going to have to give up probably at least a second round pick for him, he may end up being the most logical option for them just based on process elimination and understanding the Bears don't have a ton of resources and they, they don't pick high enough in the draft to get one of those those, you know, those rookies. I, I don't know, man. I, it's, it, there's, again, there's a lot of risk involved, but at the same time, you know, with the, the kind of situation that the bears are in and the fact that there's clearly there's a short leash and, you know, without probably some serious pr- progress made in 2021, you're probably looking at a brand new regime. This is a really tough situation for the bears to be in. And this is something that we've been talking about for quite a while where, you know, what is the right move? Is there a right move? You know, even with Deshaun Watson is is trading, you know, three first round picks and let's just say Roquan Smith and, you know, somebody else, you know, two impact players that you're going to need. Does that make a ton of sense either? I mean, how how much better is your team with a really good quarterback in holes other places and not having the resources to be able to replace them? So again, I don't know that any guy out on the market right now, regardless of who it is, is going to just be that one where you're like, okay, you get this guy and all of a sudden things fall together. You're a Super Bowl contender. I just don't know that the bears are at that point. Yeah. And they're in that interesting and kind of unique situation where Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace both know we have to win this year. You know, not only that, but they have to win a playoff game and probably win two playoff games to kind of show management hey we can do this you know we are on the right track dethroning green bay would be a good start in that by winning the division but this team isn't going to do that unless they have a quarterback and mitch trubisky's ship has sailed so right now if you don't bring in someone through free agency or trade you're looking at having nick Foles and then very likely a rookie excuse me now whether that rookie is a first round pick if you keep number 20 or you kind of take a gamble on someone in day two or day three, maybe Kyle Trask falls, you know, later on in day two and you kind of, and you spend a pick there. They're going to have to bring someone in. And it just feels like the bears are going to be involved in any quarterback rumor. And a lot of it is going to be, you know, people speculating things because, Hey, they need a quarterback. So obviously they're going to show interest in that. Like we saw a report that there'd be interested in Jameis Winston that really doesn't make the most sense. I can see why that was put out there is because the bears do need a quarterback, but there's been really nothing of substance linking them to Jameis Winston as of yet. I just, it's going to be one of those off seasons where I'd like them to make their move early and and set a plan. And I know they're kind of cap straps right now. They can make some moves to free up some cap space, but if when, if they truly believe Wentz is their guy, go and get it done. Just the biggest thing for me would be don't overpay. I think there's there's worse options than Wentz out there. There's better options than Wentz. I think Deshaun Watson would be a better option. I think he's just off the table for them right now. I think 
Derek Carr is a better option, but if the if the rumored asking price is the the two first round picks and potentially more, you know that really doesn't make much sense. Just don't really overpay for for Carson Wentz. That would be my biggest concern is that Ryan Pace gets into a bidding war with you know the Colts or even you know we've seen in the past he's gotten into bidding wars with himself and he's been fooled a couple times. If he gives up, you know, two first-round picks and, and Nick Foles and another player or another pick for Carson Wentz, in my eyes, I, I think that's a little bit overpaying. I, I'm fine if you have to give up the first-rounder this year to Glenn Carson Wentz. Okay, if you can get rid of Nick Foles and giving up maybe a future pick uh, to help with that situation, sure. But, I mean, just giving up the two first-rounders, it, it, for me, that would be overpaying and, you know, they're not going to get rid of Tariq Cohen as it stands right now. And, and I saw, I know you saw the other rumor that not even a rumor. I was a guest that Roquan Smith, Smith would be involved in the deal. There's no chance in hell that's happening. No, well, no if chance. you're, if you're talking about, if you're talking about the same one, it was like two first round picks, Roquan Smith and another player. And yes. I even told the guy that, dude, you were way overvaluing Carson Wentz, maybe last year. But no, not this. There's no way. I'm man. I'm still in. And as we've kind of seen as this has progressed over the weekend and end of the week, I think we can kind of both agree. Philly is is clearly overplayed their market at this point in time. I'm not even sure they get a first round pick. And if they do get a first round pick, I'm not sure it's going to be for the 2021 draft. Oh, so you don't even think it would be number 20 for the bears. You think it'd be a future first round pick. Then? Well, I think it, I think it could be. I mean, again, I dude, I have no, I have no beat on this whatsoever. I I'm just saying like, if, if you're really looking at it, cause it, here's my thing. And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe, maybe I'm not giving Ryan Pace enough credit, but I would, I would feel like if Philly said, give me, you know, give me number 20 overall, we'll give you Wentz. you know, you give us foals and we'll send you back a, you know, a fifth round pick. I, th- I feel like the bears would jump on that. And I, and I feel I like, so. yeah. And that's kind of, uh, so I guess that's kind of my point right now is I, I feel like, you know, if, if the bears had offered that, I think that this, you know, if I think that something like that would happen, um, which tells me again, you know, this whole rumor of they wanted the Matt Stafford. And that's the other thing we haven't even talked about the Matt Stafford deal. I mean, Matt Stafford went to the Rams and, you know, they got, a pretty dang good ransom. I mean, granted, obviously those picks don't start until, you know, uh, the next draft or whatever, but they still got two first round picks for Matt Stafford. And don't get me wrong. I like Stafford. I think Stafford's a good quarterback. I would have been extremely excited if the bears would have landed them, but let's be honest here. Matt Stafford has been a consistent producer his entire career. And then you look at a guy like Carson Wentz coming off of his worst season by far of any, you know, basically any level that he's ever been in. Um, they're just not going to get that. And at this point in time, I mean, it's one of those things where I feel like if a first round pick, if one single first round pick was going to do it, I feel like the bears would have done it by now. And I think that's kind of where that's kind of where I'm thinking, okay, well maybe, you know, maybe the, the, the value of what has been leaked through the media, which we know Harry Roseman loves to leak stuff through the media. Same thing with Chris Ballard. That's why there's been a lot of talk about the Eagles, a lot of talk about the Colts mm-hmm. and not a ton of talk about the bears in terms of what's actually going on. Um, but I feel like if 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 a first round pick was going to do it, or if, if the Bears had offered a first round pick, I feel like the deal would be done. And I mean, to the other point, and I, I'm kind of curious on your perspective on this. To the other point, can the Bears really afford to give up a first round pick this year for somebody like Carson Wentz? Where if Pace is all in and if their jobs are on the line, I mean, does that really make a lot of sense for them to trade 
resources this year. Again, kicking the can down the road, I think we're going to be surprised at what kind of offseason they have just because I think Ryan Pace is going to be going for broke. I mean, I made a joke saying that they were going to be $100 million over the cap after they did all this, and they're going to trade away a bunch of picks. And, you know, obviously a little tongue-in-cheek, but at the same time, I mean, I feel like if they're truly going for it, if Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy are truly trying to save their jobs, then trading away your first-round pick this year doesn't make a ton of sense. Am I wrong? No, I think you're right. And that was actually was going to be something I was going to bring up was, you know, we have to remember the Bears have to fix this roster. And there's a lot of needs on this roster. I mean, you still have to get another tackle to come in and start. You need a quarterback. You're probably going to need a wide receiver, especially if you let Allen Robinson go. You don't have as many holes on defense just yet, which, you know, you know you're, going to, you're probably going to reside to Sean Gibson. And you could probably use a little more depth in that secondary uh, depth behind the middle linebackers in dating Jonathan Roquan Smith, the bears are going to have to keep or acquire as much draft capital as they can, because they're going to be a little cap strapped. Now they can make a couple of veteran free agent moves to kind of fill those needs. But in, in your point, it doesn't really make a lot of sense to trade up, trade that first round pick. Maybe they mortgage the future a little bit more because Ryan Pace knows, Hey, if I am, you know, if everything goes down South here and I'm fired, I can't, you know, it doesn't really matter if the Bears have their picks later on in terms of his eyes. Now, if he trades future picks and the Bears, you know, are, are good this year and he saves his job, it's kind of a situation where, you know, I'll just fix it when, when we get to that point, which is kind of what we've seen in deals before. I mean, he's given Kyle Fuller a lot of money. He's moved money um, in Khalil Mack's contract. I believe he moved money in Eddie Goldman's contract. He's kind of set it up where he's going to keep moving money Um and then eventually he's going to have to face some music. And in the first step in facing that music is this year because of their cap situation. So, yeah, I mean, it, it doesn't in a way make sense to give up the first round pick. It's also, you know, that appears to be the rumor price is what two first round picks from Wentz and maybe a little more. Now that could be, like you said, that could be how we kind of trying to drive up the press in the meat or drive up the price in the media it could also be, you know, just kind of all the smoke out there and a deal eventually gets done. We also have to forget, I mean, we're still, what, 35 days from like the first day of the new league year actually starting. There's a lot of time. Just because someone reports something on, on Friday doesn't mean it's going to get done right away. I and mean, This could progress over time. And, you know, Carson Wentz might not even be the only quarterback the Bears go after. They could just be kind of playing out their options, looking around and kind of putting feelers out there at the moment. Yeah, well, you know, there, there's there's a lot of – who knows? I mean, Brad Biggs did bring up a good point the other day. I mean, this is something worth noting. I mean, the Bears never – the Bears especially, well, I should say, under Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy, especially under Ryan Pace and, well, I guess, John Fox kind of started it too, the Bears have always moved in silence. They've never been loud. So – I mean, who knows? Maybe maybe this is something where they want all the focus on somebody like Wentz. And in reality, maybe they're focused on Derek Carr or maybe, you know, it would be great. I, I still doubt it's the case, but maybe they're, you know, maybe they're trying to, you know, move in silence with somebody like Deshaun Watson. I mean, it's, and that's kind of the thing, right? Is like, so, okay. The Super Bowl ended, you know, the off season has technically started because everybody's going to become free agents, blah, 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 blah. But I mean, here's the thing. I mean, we're still sitting I mean, as we record this February 9th. I mean, NFL free agency still doesn't start for, well over 40 days or not well over but a little over 40 days i mean we're still quite a bit away which you know and a few people brought this up as well with the carson wentz thing where 
you know, is there really a ton of urgency for the Eagles to move him this week? I know that's always kind of been, that's been the narrative, like, you know, and this is a national narrative that, you know, everybody's saying, oh, Carson Wentz is getting moved this week, this week, this week, this week. But I mean, why is there, why is that the bar? Why is there so much pressure on this week being the week that he gets moved when we're still, you know, 40 plus days away from free agency. And maybe my number is a little off because I did remember one February, but you get the point. I mean, we're, we're well over a month away from the start of free agency. So, I mean, yeah, there, there is every possibility that the bears are kicking tires on multiple different quarterbacks, which I'm sure that they are doing. And maybe they're trying to throw a team off their scent. I don't know, man. I, this, this off season is going to be one that I don't think we've ever seen from Ryan Pace because Ryan Pace for the most part has taken a pretty strategic and somewhat conservative strategy in terms of how he deals with things and how he, you know, how he makes deals and stuff like that. I don't know that we're going to see that because of the desperation and, you know, I don't know. I, it's just, I, I, I wish, and I'm sure you're probably in the same boat. I wish I had a better feel on this off season because I really don't know what to expect other than if Ryan Pace is really trying to save his job, then I think that he's going to go for broke and it's going to be kind of one of those situations. Let's say he does keep his job next year. Then it's going to be like, all right, well, we'll deal with it now. I mean, he was under Mickey Loomis for the longest time and Mickey Loomis was a king of kicking the can down the road in terms of cap space and in terms of resources. And they somehow kept winning. So I don't know. I mean, the theory's always been, if you got the right quarterback, things all fall into place. I mean, the bears don't have a terrible roster. I don't think they have a bad roster by any means, but at the same time, like you pointed out, I mean, they don't have a ton of holes on defense, but I mean, when you're kind of looking, it's like, okay, Roy Robertson Harris is gone. Akeem Hicks is in the last year of his deal. Danny Trevathan's not the same player. Uh, Kyle Fuller's in the last year of his deal. And you got to do something with that $20 million cap hit. I don't know what they're going to do with that. Uh, then you look at, you know, safety, Eddie Jackson's got to bounce back. What are they going to do at strong safety? Are they going to keep Gibbs? You know, there's, there's a lot of questions there there. And that's kind of the thing. I mean, you can look all over this roster there's a lot of questions and I'm not saying that the bears are screwed, but what I am saying is it's going to take a very, very, very precise off season for them to really get things back on track. And then again, you're kicking the can down the road until next year. And then what happens? Yeah. You know, that's the thing. That's something we're going to have to continue to monitor in this off season, because let I me mean, let's face it, Ryan Pace and, and Matt Nagy have to get creative here in what is going to be a very, very important offseason for them to try and save their jobs and, and, and figure this thing out. So with the Wentz talk, Aaron and I decided what better way to kind of figure things out and see where things stand than to go right to the source. And one of the guys who's been on it from the start. So we're going to play our interview here with Brandon Robinson. He does podcasting for Windy City Gridiron. He's a good Twitter follow, and he had the the Wentz stuff from the start. So I think we'll, you'll enjoy this article. Hopefully they'll give you an update as to what is going on and kind of a feel for how things could play out here in this offseason. We'll be back to wrap things up after this. And now joining us here on the Bear Report podcast is Brandon Robinson. He hosts the Rule of Three podcast on Winnie City Gridiron. He's a great Twitter follow. And if you've been on Twitter and are a Bears fan in the past couple of days, you've definitely seen his name pop up. Brandon, thank you for taking the time to join us tonight. Yeah, I appreciate you guys having me. Yeah, yeah, of course. And uh, I mean, let's just get right to it. So, you know, uh, last week, I believe it was like Thursday night, Friday morning, uh, you had a couple tweets out about the involvement of the Chicago Bears with Carson Wentz, um, Indianapolis Colts, uh, that type of situation, and it kind of lingered into the weekend. To your best of your knowledge right now, I mean, where do kind of things stand? 
Right. So from what I understand, the Bears made an offer that was bigger than what the Colts had already offered. The Bears had previously offered two twos, so it was bigger than that. And they went back to the Colts, the Eagles did, and the Colts said that they weren't they weren't budging. And from what I understand, it like what the Colts had offered was somewhat similar to what the Bears had already offered, but maybe a little bit less. But the Eagles wanted Carson Wentz out of the NFC that much that they were able to maybe take a little bit less. So what the Eagles have been trying to do is they're trying to negotiate like time and time again with every single reporter that will listen that they need, they need more and they're telling everybody two ones and that's just not the case at all. And now apparently the, the bears are just getting really impatient, which I don't blame them because I think they have to figure out what they're doing at quarterback and they just can't, they can't go to the start of free agency just because of the salary cap and where it's going to put them. Like they, they have to make a move now. And they checked in on Derek Carr. He's they, the Raiders want Raiders want way too much. And so basically the, the Eagles are just, they're, they're pretty much forced to, to deal, to deal Carson just to the bears, but they just, they want, they want more. And I, I, don't, I don't blame them for wanting more because if I was the Eagles, I would stretch this out as far as possible, wait to see if, if Ryan just goes, Ryan Pace goes nuclear and ends up sending two ones. But we'll see. It's, it's an interesting predicament. So let me ask you this. I mean, obviously, we've, you know, monitored this quarterback situation for quite a while with the Bears and going into the offseason. We knew that this was going to be – a interesting one just to kind of see who they ended up with, but why Carson Wentz? I mean, why, why not, like you said, why not Derek Carr? Why not Deshaun Watson? Why has the focus seemed to turn to Carson Wentz? Is it just scheme familiarity uh, with familiarity with John DeFilippo or what, what's going on with that? Well, I, th- this is not this first part. This isn't coming from a source or anything, but I always expected the bears to go after Deshaun just because it made to me it made sense like they would just they would just send as much as they could and then see if the Texans were willing to deal with them but from what I understand Matt Nagy doesn't want to send a bunch of stuff for Watson because he's worried about what the team is going to look like without those pieces so that's when they started to check on Derek Carr and it was he was too much and so they're going with the high upside next guy, which is Carson Wentz. I think honestly, if they were the same price, Carson and Carr, they would end they would end up trading for Carr. I would probably lean towards Wentz because he has that upside. He has the familiarity with John DeFilippo. Like his his best his best season of his career was with John DeFilippo in 2017. Like he he would have won the MVP had he stayed healthy. I think he still should have won the MVP because he played 13 games and they were obviously the best team in the NFL that year. When, when looking at this and, and you know, the, the compensation is kind of unknown right now or not official or anything like that. And Aaron and I were talking about this earlier on, this, on the podcast, you know, we kind of were in agreement that maybe one first round pick would even be too much for Carson Wentz. What, what's kind of your thoughts? Cause I know you tweeted out that it won't be two first rounders. 
um, mm-hmm. from the Bears. So what are kind of your thoughts on Ryan Pace and those first round picks? I mean, it is one, are we crazy? Is one too much for Carson Wentz? Uh, honestly, I, I, I don't believe so just because of where the upside is. Like if, like if, if everything breaks right with a situation of them trading for him, like his relationship with John Filippo is if, if it's, if it's as, as good as I hear and Carson fixes his mechanics, then you, you have them, you have Carson Wentz on contract for a 25, $26 million cap hit for the next four or five seasons. Like that's, that's very, very valuable. So I like, I, I think the upside is, is far, far worth a just first round pick, but that that's where the conversation gets tricky because the bears are trying to send next year's first round pick, which I mean, obviously the, the Eagles are no, known for being numbers guys. So they're trying to devalue that first round pick and get this year's first round pick, but obviously being in an all in situation, they don't want to send pick 20. So I would, I would easily send next year's first round pick. Um, but then you start getting into a situation where the Eagles want this year's third and then other pieces. And that's, that's where it gets a little complicated. Well, and kind of like you pointed out before, I mean, anybody who's followed you on Twitter over the last few days has kind of known that this has been kind of a nuanced thing. I mean, obviously, you know, the, the Colts are involved, the difficulty of forming a package that both the Bears are going to be good with, the Eagles are going to be good with. And obviously, I'm not asking you to predict the future, anything like that, but just kind of an idea, because you'd said something about that Bears fans may not be happy with the overall trade in terms of what they give up. So just in a ballpark, I mean, what what should Bears fans expect? And two, I mean, we should should Bears fans expect any players back, uh, any picks back? What What do you think a package could look like? Well, I, I don't think I've said this yet, and I, I want to make sure I include this. I, I think 100% Foles will be in the deal because that, that is an important part of the deal because Carson, Carson will not want him in the same locker room. But what I expect is if I, if, I had to, if I had to place it right now, it would be next year's first and this year's third-round pick or – or this year's first and next year's fourth, but it being conditional on a certain amount of games that Carson plays. I don't think that the Bears get back any picks from the Eagles besides like maybe a six-round pick like next year or something something really, really minuscule. I don't think any other players will be involved from the Bears. I don't think any other players will be involved from the Eagles. Like I haven't heard from any of my sources about Ertz. I've heard from other people who have other sources about Ertz, but I, I just from, from what I know, I I haven't heard his name or any other players. And, you know, so far you've, you've been the most consistent with us. You you look at kind of the Philly media and and not to take shots at them or anything, but you know, you kind of saw Tariq Cohen's name being dangled out there. You saw um, even someone guess that Roquan Smith would be part of the deal. Um, and you know, that was my reaction too. I was actually, I was out, I think I was like at a store and I saw that on Twitter. I'm like, there's no chance in hell Roquan Smith is going in that deal. So I guess what I kind of want to ask you about Wentz is, is there any, you know, concerns with you? And, and I want to ask you, because you have been the most consistent with this. Are there any concerns with you that maybe he might be a little bit, you know, not 
I don't want to say like a locker room problem, but maybe there was something to the rumors of, you know, he didn't get along. He was upset when they uh, drafted Jalen Hurts because at the same time, you know, they kind of made their decision between Peterson and Wentz by firing Doug Peterson. And now they're kind of like, oh, well, we kind of want to get rid of Carson Wentz. Does that kind of alarm you at all? Oh, it, it, it does. Because if, if this, if this was, I would say probably 20 other quarterbacks in the league, I, I feel like it would be talked about more. Like the, the, the rumors around that I've heard is that he was basically uncoachable the last two years. So, I mean, I mean, that's, that's as big as a locker room problem as you can have, because that, that translates to on the field that translates to, to him not running the plays that they're called that translates to his mechanics being all wacky. And that translates to him playing hero ball, which, which is bit him in the butt multiple, multiple times over and over and over again on the field. So yeah, that, 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 that is a problem, but I mean, if, if he can, if he can leave that in Philly and build a relationship with Matt Nagy and keep a good relationship with John Filippo. I, I would be optimistic going into the season. Well, and the final question I've got for you is, you know, for a lot of people who may have not followed you up until all of this news started a few days ago, I mean, Brandon does a fantastic job of breaking down film. He gets very in-depth. Uh, he's been, you know, he, he's been blasted out there quite a few times in terms of some of the, the film breakdowns that he does. So when I ask this question, it's not just because, you know, he's he's got the – you know, all the trade rumors and, you know, all the inside goods on Wentz. But I am curious from your perspective, how well do you think Carson Wentz would fit in this offense? That, that part's a little tricky just because which offense are you talking about? Are you talking about the offense that they ran this year where they're running play action, they're running outside zone, or are you talking about the shotgun version? And I, I don't think anybody really knows, knows that because that wasn't, a, that wasn't really – expected by a lot of people coming into the season um but i mean i i would hope that they would continue to run what they ran this year but they they just need to add on to it because an offense isn't just built in one year especially when you're building you're basically building somebody else's offense you're building you're building the west coast sean mcveigh Kyle Shanahan offense so if they if they can add to that with Wentz because he's very good in in play action I think that he would fit tremendously because that that's that's where he's at his best is when he when he can run this he can literally run the same stuff that Trubisky was running but to a higher level a much much higher level and then my final question before we let you go here, it's nothing to do with Carson Wentz or anything like that. Where does Mitch Trubisky end up in, in your eyes? That's a good question. I would probably, depending, hmm, I would have said Atlanta, but based on what people are talking about now that Matt Ryan's probably gone after this next season in 2021, that, that makes me think that they're probably going to draft someone with that fourth overall pick. So they probably wouldn't bring him in. So if I had to guess, it would probably be the Titans because I, I think they want to run, they, they want to run the same offense that they ran this year. I, they, I'm pretty sure they hired their wide receivers coach 
So they're, they're going to be running the same offense, which I, I think that I think Mitch would fit that offense. Well, that's an interesting one. Um, Brandon, where can everyone follow you on Twitter at? They can find me at B Rob NFL on Twitter. I will. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not a reporter. This was, this was really like a one-time deal. Uh, I mean, Aaron, Aaron knows how, how it is when you build relationships, you, you find out about certain things. I don't, I don't have a bunch of relationships. This was just a one-time situation. So after this is all done, you're probably just going to see film from me from now on, which I I, I hope they're, they're interested to see. Well, see, and that was actually exactly what I was going to say too. It's like, you, you know, like you may get other bits in the future, but you know, if for anybody who follows you, it's like, just, just because the Wentz news ends doesn't mean that you're still not going to provide great stuff. I mean, we've done, you know, we, we always like to prop people up um, and we always like to give, you know, you know, maybe some of the lesser known bears fans that are kind of, you know, coming up, coming up on, you know, on Twitter. Uh, and, and you do a great job. Obviously, you know, you're also, uh, you know, a, a cohort of mine in terms of Windy City Gridiron and everything else like that. But Brandon does awesome film work. Um, and, you know, it, it's you're definitely, definitely worth a follow on Twitter. Um, and it's always fun. I mean, we we go back and forth a lot. I mean, we all kind of do. And it's, it's just a good time. But no, you have you have a lot of good stuff. And that is definitely well worth the follow outside of the fun win stuff. Uh, actually, just out of curiosity, just one more little thing here. Mm-hmm. When do you think this ends? Because I think that's kind of the question where everybody's at right now. When does this end? Right. Well, I, I appreciate all the kind words. Um, and I would say if I had to guess, I was actually kind of worried that the news would break during <laughs> during during this interview right now. But I would I would probably say. with probably before Friday, if at the very latest Friday night, because I mean, the bears are getting pretty impatient. The Eagles are, Howie Roseman's eventually going to just give up and then take the offer from the bears. So by, by the end of this uh, week. Well, let's, let's, uh, we'll see. And hopefully you're right. And I I do echo um, Aaron's thoughts. You're a great follow on Twitter. I actually learned some stuff from you too. I, I try to do some film breakdown for our, subscribers and watching your stuff kind of teaches me new things about the game. So I I really appreciate it. And thank you so much for joining us, man. I appreciate that guys. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, no problem. And that was our interview there with Brandon Robinson, some good insight on the whole Carson Wentz situation and kind of what is going on over the past couple of days and what to expect in the future. And, you know, Aaron, this is just the start of the offseason. It's only it's February 9th, the day we're recording this. But this is going to be a very important, exciting offseason, I, I feel like. And, you know, I mean, looking at free agency in the draft, the Bears are going to have to truly do what great teams do, and that's build through free agency, build through the draft. You look at the two teams in the Super Bowl this season. When the Buccaneers went out, they got Tom Brady in free agency. They went out, they got Tristan Wirfs, they got Antoine Winfield Jr. in the draft, two playmakers in that Super Bowl. Um, the Chiefs, obviously, we know they traded up to get Patrick Mahomes a couple years ago. And while they're not, you know, as active making big splashes in free agency, they do draft very, very well. So we'll see here what the uh, what the Bears have in store for us this offseason. Yeah, it's man, I, like I said, I think it's gonna be an interesting one. I, I don't know. 
I don't know. I, I don't know really what to expect, but I do, I do think we're probably going to end up looking back on this one, uh, you know, going into the season be like, well, that was interesting. I guess we're going to see how this one plays out. My, my personal feeling here is I think pace is going to go for broke. Uh, I think he's going to, you know, probably overpay for a quarterback. I think he's probably going to kick a ton of, uh, you know, dead space and, and, you know, just overall, you know, cap allotment down the road into 2022, 2023 and 2024. And I think he's going to try to maximize everything that he possibly can. You know, like I said, I kind of made the joke the other day, you know, somebody like JJ Watt, Zach Ertz. I mean, both of those guys are, you know, guys that are prime cut candidates are both have ties to Chicago could make some sense. Um, you know, we'll just see, I, again, I, I don't know. I, I, I wish, I wish I could say I had a good feeling one way or another, cause usually you kind of have a decent feeling going into an off season, but the bears are in such a weird position right now where, I mean, they've got to either, they've got to pick a road and really it seems like their road is going for it because I don't think that they can afford to, I don't think they can afford to just kind of stand pat or, you know, play a little patty cake. I think the other thing just kind of quickly to mention here too, is cap, uh, David Kaplan, uh, on a show earlier, it basically said something that he spoke to sources close to Trubisky um, that basically said that he has zero interest in coming back to the Bears. And also he spoke to sources close to Matt Nagy that also basically said that they had zero interest in having him back. So I think if there's one thing that holds true to this offseason, it's the fact that Trubisky is definitely not going to be on the Bears next year. Yeah, and I mean – why would he want to come back, especially after being benched this year? It, it makes no sense. The best thing for Mitch Trubisky is to, you know, get a one-year deal somewhere, play that out, and and kind of earn that long-term contract that you know he might be seeking. And which, ooh, geez, my headphones fell out. But uh, yeah, so the Trubisky era is pretty much coming to an end. And what a wild ride it was. I feel like you and I could do 10 podcast episodes breaking everything down with Mitchell Trubisky over the past four years here in Chicago. We're not going to do that, but yeah, it's been a wild ride. Aaron, where can everyone follow you on Twitter at? Yeah, you can follow me at Aaron Lemming NFL, and you can read my work on thebearreport.com. You can follow the Bear Report on Twitter at just Bear Report. Um, you can follow my work at the Bear Report. You can follow me on Twitter at Zach, Z-A-C-K underscore Pearson. And as always, please rate, review, subscribe on all major podcasting platforms. And everyone, I can't stress this enough, please stay safe and we'll see you next time. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.